Hello, welcome to episode 49 of Star Sound Speaks. This is your host, Irliana Samsara, Star Sound Astrology. I'm so excited because happy Earth Day to you, happy Earth Day to you. Oh, nobody ever sang that, did they? I don't know, but I just came into my mind. What can I say? <laughs> we're being real wonky with Mars and Aquarius. How we're moving in the world today is just out of this world. Anyway, I have a very special guest with me today, my beloved star brother, master gardener, horticulture shaman wizard extraordinaire. His name is Lacoma Akate, a resident of New Orleans by birth, but um, currently residing in sunny Florida. Anyway, he is here today to share with us. I asked him to please come on the show and share with us um, some outrageous uh, connections and how we can connect to the earth on this new moon because the new moon is in earthy Taurus. What better time to ask a master gardener, right? And of course, again, bringing you more solutions for moving and navigating through this coronavirus experience and how we can um, elevate ourselves using the earth, how we can transform our consciousness using the earth. So I'm very excited to have you on the show, Lacoma. Say hello to the podcast. Hello, podcast. Glad to be here <laughs> early on. I am so thrilled. You know, it's funny. Um, when did I get this idea to interview you? It was, I was out in the garden and I was watering my plants and all of a sudden, judging, it's like cosmic message, get Lacoma on the podcast and here you are. So without further ado, okay, I know you have massive experience. Uh, I have learned so much from you through the years uh, that about um, our, our connections oh. and I am also... Um, I'm really excited because there are so many things I have learned from you through the years that have made a, such a difference in my life, not just with gardening. I mean, my goodness, you're like the walking encyclopedia. But um, I also got a further deeper appreciation of, you know, how we are with plants and earth. And so that's what I wanted to ask you today, if I could, you know, uh, ask of you to share with with all of us, you know, we are in a gazillion different time zones. This podcast is all over the world. We've got Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere. So I know uh, some are heading into fall, others, many of us heading into spring. We're deep in spring. So um, if you, you know, I, I realize that, you know, we're covering lots of climate zones here, but I know that you've got some gre really great advice and guidance for us no matter where we live. So uh, with that, I think we can just jump on in. Um, so a little bit about your background, you know, what is a master gardener? There may be people in other countries that have never heard of that term. So if you can just kind of explain that. Uh, in the United States and in Canada, the, there's uh, programs uh, in each state or province that uh, volunteers are trained and they assist uh, the universities to provide, to disseminate uh, information that is uh, tested and uh, proven to be accurate uh, by a legitimate source uh, so that uh, people make sure they get accurate information for their area. And so master gardeners 
are trained and they help. They're all volunteers. And so they help to train the public in, in the ways of gardening. Wow. To me, I know you had to do a lot of studying to get that, but you already, you happen to already have had a master's in horticulture, no? Correct. But um, to get the, um, so you definitely had an advantage, but then to get to that point to do the master gardener training, to me, it's like having a CPA in, in gardening, you know? Yeah, the, and the main, uh, one of the main things you learn in the class is to, not be afraid to say I don't know and I'll get back to you and so because when when I'm answering questions uh, to the public it's always a, a learning experience because inevitably somebody's going to ask a question that that I don't know the answer to mm. and I'll learn something yeah it goes both ways yeah it's a big world out there and there's so many, gosh, I don't know where to start, but I've got lots of questions for you. Um, you know, in the previous podcast, uh, I did talk about earthing, the practice of connect, physically connecting with the earth. Um, how, how do you do that as a master gardener? Like, I, you're also, obviously, you know, you've studied yoga for years, so you, I know that you integrate all of your practices in with your master gardening so, um, you know, how do you, what do you do for earthing? And, and what, I just want to hear what you have to say. Uh, well, being in a wheelchair, the, uh, I don't have the opportunity to walk barefoot on the ground. And that's, that would be one of the easiest ways to earth, just to be barefoot on the ground, be in contact with it. But laying down on the ground, uh, for me, every day, my hands touch the earth and uh when i'm uh in the garden uh sometimes i'm up my hands my whole half my arm gets into the up to its elbow and so it's uh it's it's about being uh connected and being respectful because the earth is made of the same stuff that we are and we're here at the leisure of Mother Earth, not the other way around. And so the gratitude and uh, love that we can show to this beautiful planet, this unusual planet that has allowed us to exist here. And uh, we should respect her. Mm. That's a really big theme um, because not only is the new moon in Taurus, but um, as I was saying on the previous podcast, this new moon is conjunct Uranus in Taurus. So the conjunction means that over these this next lunation, these next 28 or so days, the whole theme about, um, you know, looking at earth in a new way, in an innovative way, in a future-oriented way. But also the, the shadow side of Uranus is, is trauma and catastrophe and chaos and, and, you know, shock. So it's probably, you know, this situation that we've been in is giving us pause, you know, with all the food that was plowed under and all that heartache of, of losing this food, 
course, Taurus rules the food supply as well. And so it's really, it's a huge wake up call. Like, I love what you said. It's we are here at the leisure of Mother Earth. And if there's anything about the Venus Taurus kind of archetype, I think about the lap of luxury and people feeling entitled and thinking that there's this never ending supply and gluttonous, you know, so yeah, we're we're really having a, a, a real slap upside the head in terms of, of all that. And with the, the grocery stores uh, in the current situation with a lot of things not being available, uh, it's, it's good to have your own source, right, in your own yard, if you have a yard or your patio, whatever you have, because uh, my main meal today is um, I'm fixing a, a little pasta sauce and with tomatoes and herbs and broccoli and carrots and assorted greens uh, from the garden and uh, and it's all grown right here in my yard yeah go yeah. out and pick lunch Go out and pick lunch. Yeah. And that's something that's, I, I guess, you know, for so much of the world, that's a luxury, or at least that's been considered a luxury because there are, think of all the millions of people that live in cities that don't have access to land, but they do have access, or they could, to like a community-supported agriculture, CSAs, where they can come together. Or what about what could people do like right away if they wanted to get started today, you know, and maybe they're in a big high rise and they don't have land. What, what would you suggest? If you have a, even just any kind of a balcony or patio that is, uh, that gets hopefully six hours of sun per day would be optimum, but you can get by with less, uh, then you could start with some pots and uh, different containers. You can even make get some really attractive containers so that it's it doesn't look like a, you know somebody's tool shed. <laughs> right. Put some. Uh, you could use nursery pots, or you could use some uh, really attractive pots. And about one square foot of uh, soil, and about eight inches deep or so would grow you a really nice tomato plant. Wow. And do some tomatoes or a bell pepper uh, and or even a, an eggplant, something like that. Uh, and that, that would be for the warm weather crops. And you could also grow kale and carrots and uh, all the, the sorted greens. Uh, and there's a way to grow them in containers. Uh, you can. There's all kinds of vertical gardens available, uh, and different ideas for you to make your own. And just be creative with the space you have. And the internet's full of ideas that uh, people have uh, used the space they have so efficiently that they can grow most of their food in a very very small space. Mm. And to get to that point, you have to be good at planning because the if you're going to have a constant supply, 
you'd have to plant your seeds to get the plant started usually two months before you're going to plant them in the ground mm-hmm. and so in the middle of winter most people aren't thinking about planting their tomato seeds but that's when you would do it right you got to plan ahead plant doors get the plant started but you know and check with your local resources to find out what you can grow at different times of the year i know most of the states in the united states have uh, a vegetable growing guide and it'll tell you what times of the year to plant different crops and so mm. utilize those resources that are available and there are also different kinds of tower gardens available some that require electricity some that don't uh, some that combine with worms uh, so you have the worms composting inside of the garden the tower garden and it just feeds the plants naturally mm, nice it's one thing I that was maybe the biggest lesson for me several years ago when I started to garden was it got me so I I so appreciated time and cycles uh, with what you said earlier about planting and knowing that you have to plant certain things in certain time zones and you don't just take it for granted and in our industrialized society we just say well I want spinach so you just go down to the store and you grab a spinach off of a supermarket shelf and it's like and I really got present to look at the um you know and this is again like some some shocking again that the Uranus and Taurus luna in the lunation here the shocking realizations about food what what shocked me was and I had not even been aware of it was wow look at this I'm buying spinach in a huge box building with fluorescent lights over it that was placed there by a truck and uh, it's being checked out with a beep beep you know a computerized checkout counter instead of like here I'm growing this plant at home with the sun and there's no technology around it and it's just me and the earth and oh my god like it was such a wake-up call yes the having locally grown food is uh, healthier for you than having it shipped across the country or halfway around the world the uh, it's going to be healthier and it's going to be better for the environment less energy is going to be used to produce that food and it's going to taste better it is the carbon footprint is reduced and there is nothing like a homegrown tomato. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> it's amazing. Even if we had an organic tomato, which of course are always superior with their minerals and lack of pesticides, it's it's still there's something about the homegrown and um there it's yeah, nothing like that. So, um moving along, the um you had said something earlier when we were talking about um don't dictate you know, even though you want to grow certain things, another tip would be about tuning in with the earth. Don't dictate to the earth. Right. To uh, the area that you're in is going to be more suited to growing uh, certain things. The soil, the, the climate, uh, the conditions that are, are in your area are going to be more suitable to growing certain things than others and so if you spend your time growing something that's not meant to grow in your your area 
one thing you're going to be spending a lot of time and effort to get it to grow but you could get so much more production if you grew what could grow on the land adjust your diet to what uh your space will grow your area or if you you know you can grow a lot of tomatoes and you know somebody else who can grow some bell peppers then y'all can swap off mm. and uh but uh adjusting your diet to suit what the earth will grow in your area here we're lucky because we're subtropical and we can grow uh everything from uh avocados to apples mhm you I was can I just say you know something that isn't when you it reminded me of uh when you said about don't dictate you know listen to the earth so you what you're advocating is to really develop a relationship with plants and the the plant kingdom you know I, it makes me think of the the book I mentioned on the previous podcast the Michelle Small Wright her memoir on um Deal, you know, she could literally hear them in, in other dimensions, the plant and animal, in the plant kingdom, the animal kingdom, they would converse with her and tell her, okay, plant this here, plant this in this circle, plant this over there. And I mean, they really are sentient beings. Well, they are, they're definitely living entities. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's auspicious to respect all life. The, and yes, tune into the plants. And even when you're when you're going to plant something, uh, plant a tree. Uh, ask the tree where it wants to go. Ask the land where it wants the tree. Uh, just connect with it and and get a feeling for uh, for where where they want to be. Uh, uh, same thing with harvesting uh, to connect uh, your energy with that of the plant and and just ask it what permission to to harvest some leaves off of the kale and when you harvest the leaves uh ask it which ones uh that it wants to give up in the moment and uh so when you connect with with both mother earth and the plants you you develop a connection and the the garden will grow better because uh you'll have better energy in the garden and plants definitely sense energy if somebody just walks along and just rips up a plant and then they come back later the plants that are in that area will recognize the energy of that person and will re- have a reaction that's measurable wow so so plants are sensitive and and it's optimal to connect with your not just the food on your plate but the the food that's growing or any plant if it's a flower or, or an ornamental bush or an oak tree just to connect with it and and ask it for permission to to connect to be there to enter the garden and have some respect I can imagine like you know people it, it what what's so sad is our food supply is all about profit workers they come in they rip 
you know, oranges off of a tree and they're not asking permission. They don't know that. And so we have, it's like, imagine if you were standing there and somebody comes up and pulls a the hair out of your head. It's like, wait a minute, you know, can you just, hello, you know, so there's that, that awareness. And so all our food supply is, is not based on any of this. So I, I'm really getting how vital it is. Maybe that's like the biggest message, the biggest takeaway of this new moon in Taurus is to to become aware of the, the principles that you're talking about, the sentience of plants and, and everything. And yet the seed companies, a lot of them, they're, uh, they're getting bombarded with requests right now. And uh, one company I deal with is they're only, a, they open at 11 a.m. And, and then they'll, uh, once they get however many they can handle for the day, then they shut down. Wow. And so ordering seeds right now is going to be different, just like doing anything else these days. It's going to be a little different. But uh, you can still uh, you can still get the seeds. And you were talking about uh, the, the, the Taurus aspect of, of this timing. And the key to organic gardening is the soil. Uh, any any gardener will tell you that. And when you you have good soil uh, that's healthy, you want the earth to be healthy. And I never call it dirt. To me, that's disrespectful. Uh, dirt's what I wash off my hands, but not off of uh, the stuff that I'm planting in is the earth or soil and but to have a healthy microbe uh, population going in your soil because they need the bacteria just like we do there are bacteria and fungus in the soil that that are necessary for optimal growth and once that you get a good population of that bacteria and the fungus the mycorrhiza uh, you know, using worm castings, worm tea, compost, all of that, it's going to add those microbes into the soil. There's a whole biosystem, whole ecosystem within the soil. And when you have all of the parts there, both macro and micro organisms, uh, from the little, little bugs that are crawling around to, uh, to the bacteria, to the earthworms, all the critters that are in the garden. Uh, and here I have gopher frogs, or they they tunnel into the garden, and so they add uh, add some aeration to it, some make little tunnels. They're not very destructive, not like a mole, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, but they even serve a purpose. Even the cockroaches help to break down plant material. They have a job. So you might find some in your compost pile. Just don't freak out. Or you freak out and then you go, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> we got, it's, it's the earth. We have to look at this in a new fashion. Yes, and so, so we're all dependent upon the earth uh, to live here, and the earth provides us with food. And, you know, just to think about that aspect, it allows us to live here and it provides us with food. It's 
it's an amazing thing and uh i can't be grateful enough to the planet and uh all of the organisms here yeah and they're and they know and they're grateful when because they can feel our sentience and our level of consciousness so it's like a mutual reception yes the the plants can uh you know they'll they'll do better with good energy and like you mentioned before if somebody's just some commercial harvesters harvesting tons of produce a day uh they might or might not take the care and and have a really positive attitude but there's a greater chance that there there's going to be some anger some frustration anxiety uh some kind of a some emotions that you might not want that energy being uh in your food right. and so that's another benefit of growing your own food you know not that just what it was physically put into it but energetically as well yeah, I remember reading the Anastasia books, and those are amazing. There was a, the author, if, if anyone's not familiar with them, it's about, I don't know, several volumes. And it's a, a Russian man named Vladimir Megre. <clears throat> I think it's his last name is spelled M-E-G-R-E. And uh, Anastasia was this woman that he was in contact with. It's It's like memoirs of his contact with this woman who lived in Siberia and she was very much in tune with the earth and she had these outrageous telepathic abilities to commune with plants, earth, animals. It was kind of like St. Francis, you know, how the animals would just come to him and he was in that incredibly peaceful, balanced state. And she, I, I remember doing a lot of the things that she talked about in growing my garden where um, she, she said to take the seeds and hold them in your hand and actually put them, I know it sounds weird, but again, you know, we got, a, we got uh, Uranus here. So <laughs> this is the month of weird and, and different and unusual and um, enlightening earth conversation. So she said to put them in your mouth and hold them in the saliva and that your DNA connects with the seed and then when that when you hold it there for you know a minute or something um it will connect and it will read your dna and it will know exactly what you are needing for you know nutrients or uh, various quantities of things and it, so it will like custom adjust to how you know what you need and and when you plant that then you remove that from your mouth hold it in your hand for a few minutes cover it with both your palms and then blow into it like you know take your mouth and just blow your hot air so again the dna interchange and then um you hold it up with your hands and hold it and consciously connect with the solar system with the saturn uranus you know all of the planets and that you like consciously bring down the scalar energies that are emanating from all of these celestial objects in the skies all the planets and and points and so the um that connection creates this you know i'm hearing masterpiece it's really a unique one you know unique to you and then you plant that in the soil so i have to say the first time I did this, it was like America's Funniest Home Video because, <laughs> I don't know if you ever tried that, Lagoma, but I tried it and I had these little tiny seeds and then they got caught in my, 
you know, my gum. And I'm like, kind of trying to spit it out. I'm putting my hand in there going, I can't find the seeds. And I lost like half of them. I put in like eight or something. And I had like two left. But I'm like, okay, I got to get better at this. Uh, But uh, (laughs) it was it was pretty funny. And, um, and then I did, um, you know, plant them. And then I said something like, don't water it the first couple of days, like you let the saliva catch it. So anyway, I tried it. And I, I thought it was pretty cool. And and it's it's the the idea is not to get dogmatic about any of this, but to simply understand that this is this is what's going on, and this is about connecting on a very deep level and and working with our our natural telepathic abilities. So um, when that grew, when that plant grew, it was you know made more. Of course, my my prayer was for whoever ate it, not just me, to have that you know kind of connection, but. It is pretty amazing, and it and it had me be more creative in coming up with my own ideas. So, uh, have you ever done any cool, wild, crazy things like that with you with your planting? Yes, I've done uh, the Anastasia method, and uh, and you you don't have to do it to every seed that you plant because they will communicate with each other. Thank That's- heaven, because I was I was losing my seeds in my. I was swallowing yeah. half of them. <laughs> and be careful with those little seeds. I know. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, and also, like, the mycorrhiza uh, fungus uh, helps plants connect to each other. Uh, kind of like, uh, like in the movie Avatar, how all the plants were connected underground through this vast network. And the mycorrhiza assists that network. And they can help. Uh, if one plant has an abundance of nutrients, uh, it can, and another plant has a, a deficit, the mycorrhiza will assist them, the nutrients moving through them from one root system to the other. So one plant can help out another with its nutrient needs. Wow, like being good neighbors. Yeah, it's, a, it's an open communication and transportation uh, entity kind of kind of like a plant internet right the world wide web of plants <laughs> that's pretty cool well wow, awesome. and uh yeah so it's i uh my most common uh chant or prayer for the garden is uh is om ham hanumate namaha om ham hanumate namaha and i I'll I'll chant that to the garden and uh, for healing of the plants and of Mother Earth, and, uh, and that's that's one of my most used uh, chants or mantras in my wow. garden. Oh, that's beautiful! I love that. And I guess what wherever we tune into, whether it's a mantra or maybe toning or just invoking the the spirits, you know, invoking the nature spirits and the divas. Um, all of that is, um, it's, it's creating that outrageous, um, you know, connection. Oh yeah, because you could, you could play Mozart or, uh, some other music that the, your plants might like, uh, to them or, or even if you have an instrument just to play it and, uh, you know, or if you have some, uh, some singing bowls, do play those, uh anything or just sing yourself 
like you said, some toning and uh, send out some good vibes. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, crystal bowls. Man, you could have a field day with that. I, I just love the fact that, you know, we there's a whole new chapter of our lives opening to us right now where we're looking at everything differently. If there's any grace to this COVID tragedy, it's that we have woken up to, we've been on this, you know, hamster wheel of unconsciousness and routine behavior. And sometimes it takes a tragedy to just wake us up. And this month with, with the moon and, and the sun and Taurus, it's Taurus season is where we can, you know, make those connections and re-examine our values, you know, what's really important to us. But I, I get excited when I think about bringing all these new tools and new ways of being into the garden and sharing them with our children, you know, with the kids in the world, the kids that are coming up and learning these things that, you know, have never really been embraced on, in the masses. But now, now it's all changing. It's a huge paradigm shift. Yes, because some, some children uh, think that food comes from the grocery store. They don't realize that it, it's grown in the ground. And it's, uh, it's amazing to, to uh, allow children to experience the, the wonders of gardening. Through, uh, and now that things have slowed down so that we can uh, make adjustments to our life. Uh, it was... I used to work in a, an office building downtown and uh, I retired from that life and uh, became a master gardener and started getting into my gardening more and uh, things just took off from there and that was uh, 18 years ago. Ah, uh, there's the astrologer in me. Eclipse cycle, jing, 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 18.6 years. So it <laughs> sounds like you could be starting a whole new chapter in your work as a master gardener. Uh, yes, it's constantly evolving, just like my yard is. The garden constantly evolves, and uh, and so do, do we. And uh, right now, it's uh, there's a big a big jump in the evolution. Mm-hmm. Of, that, uh, of that relationship and uh, and plants you know another thing that you can check out is companion planting uh, because some plants like to be next to others and other plants don't like to be next to some that's um, a good thing to know yeah because when the fennel doesn't most plants don't like being around fennel most vegetables uh Eggplants, uh, uh, understand, are are more tolerant. What's, what's wrong with fennel? Plant. Why don't they like fennel? Poor fennel. There's something about it that it's uh, most vegetables don't do well around fennel. Ah. And, uh, and but beans and peas and, and that family don't like the onions and garlics. Ah. Uh. It's and like so family was, members. Some of them get along and some of them don't. <laughs> that's right. And so you remember if also, usually if, if it tastes good when you eat it together, that they like to grow together, like tomatoes and basil. Oh, that's a good rule of thumb. I never knew that. Thank you. And I, I know you've always said, too, don't ever, like, monocropping is really bad, the way our industrial food supply just 
you know, a hundred rows of a crop. Why is that bad? But one thing, uh, if especially if you're growing the same variety, then you if you have a problem with that variety, then your whole crop is gone. But if you have a whole acre of just tomatoes, then if something that likes tomato plants, likes to eat tomatoes, gets into there, they're going to have a field day. But if you plant a tomato and then uh, a pepper or an okra or an eggplant or some, uh, some beans or cucumbers and just mix it up, then it'll get to the next plant and that's not one that it likes and so it'll confuse them uh so it's it that's a natural form of pesticide you know management you could say right because monocropping isn't natural you don't see it in the uh in nature very much now you'll see a clump of oak trees or 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 a clump of pine trees or a clump of wildflowers but you don't see the whole forest being just all one species there's big plants little plants medium plants and there's a whole a whole life cycle to it and and so they and it's i like it too because of the ease of production and the if you get the timing right you know planted some little bell pepper plants seedlings in the uh with the garlic and tomato seedlings and then they're grown up and strong by the time I'm ready to harvest the garlic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking one thing out and the other one's already there, ready to go. Yeah, nice. So it becomes this intuitive kind of flow where you're just being with, just knowing and blending with them and it feels really good. Yeah, because you, you plant the, you work with the plants and the earth, and they'll work back with you. Yeah, they will. Well, thank you. Wow, this the has been awesome. Herbs are really good to uh, interplant, because most herbs, most insects don't like the herbs too much. Uh, the aromatic, yeah. So if you plant some different herbs within the rest of your garden, uh then it, it will assist. And you nice. can also, you know, a lot of the plants, they can be made to to look nice so that you can have uh, an edible landscape. Uh, if you have a space for trees, plant the fruit trees that will do well in, in your area. If you have, there are different, some herbs make bushes and some of them are more like ground cover and you can use those. You can tomato plants and pepper plants and some of these plants can be very attractive uh, and you can plant them right because they have ornamental kales or ornamental cabbages well why not use an edible right exactly i know i've i've heard about uh, places i don't know if it's portland oregon or somewhere else where they have actually grown fruit trees in downtown sections. I mean, wow. And then people who are hungry, everybody could just pick an apple or what have you. I mean, that's just so ingenious. It's so simple and it's ingenious. And gosh, we should have thought of that years ago. But we're, we're, it's now, yeah, it's happening. Well, we're, people are thinking about it now. And, that's uh, what matters. And so 
it's uh, like I said before, it doesn't take a lot, you know, and you can get started with a small, a small garden. If uh, they have uh, little gardens that guard pots that you can hang on railings of a balcony if that's what you have so you can have some on the ground and some hanging on the railings oh okay good use of space there's uh if if you have a a little square yard you could put a tower guard there you um, go which is vertical and some of them can hold up to 50 plants right a lot of space saving solutions Wow, thank you. Well, this has been awesome. I'm so glad that we uh, had this chance to connect. And um, yeah, if people want to ask you any questions, can you give us your email address? Uh, yes, uh, you can contact me at garden or 84 at comcast.net. Okay, garden484 at comcast.net. Lacoma Akate. Lacoma, thank you so much for being with us. So I really appreciate your wonderful green man. He is the green man uh, for our Taurus lunation. Um, and I hope that we can have you back again soon. If you have more um, insights and things, I know we can, we're always open to hearing. Uh, gosh, you're just such a great uh, sharer of knowledge and wisdom and we will probably be tapping into that again soon. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me early on. It was a pleasure. Yay. All right. Well, that wraps up this 49th episode of Star Sound Speaks. And um, always a pleasure to hear from you all. Um, love, love to hear your, all of your uh, sharings. E- you can always email me, Irliana, at starsoundastrology.com. And uh, we look forward to the next time. Until then, happy gardening, happy Earth Day, and um, peace, peace, peace. Namaste. Bye-bye for now.